0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. I'm Sam. I am welcome to the Lifeboat live stream. Okay, we're going to dive into kind of the origin story behind the origin story that Fauci and his and his crime family came up with. Uh, but before we do that, th- there's a few other things that I want to talk about in this episode. There's just so many things uh, happening around the world. One of these specifically is with Twitter. Another thing that has really caught my interest. Is this uh, Truthers podcast that has just recently popped up? They are covering the titles Tiffany Dover is Dead. So obviously they got it correct. I don't probably don't even need to listen to it, but I did anyway. And I think they're actually arguing the opposite of that, strangely. Um, it, it's excellent so far. It's really a masterful piece of propaganda that's very deliberate in the way that it kind of delivers the information. And I'm just, uh, I am fascinated watching it because they're she's going through picking out some of the worst examples of the people who got it, you know, went completely wrong with things and have a decent following. Of course that opens with infowars it was not a great moment for them. Uh and then you know she goes through and discredits everything that she can to show oh see they're crazy, they got it wrong. Time for a commercial break. What's the commercial break? Oh, mental health commercials. <laughs> And it's not like, you know, she says, uh, I'm doing this for the betterment of humanity and on and on. And it's not like, uh, there's there's a segment in there where she's got these records and one of the guys is like, oh, wow, if these exist, then Tiffany must be uh, alive and I'd like to see them. And if you send them to me, I'll do a show about it. And earlier on in the podcast, she's talking like how she's in this to... Educate these people and dive deeper and cut through the nonsense. What better way than to win over somebody who was wrong about the whole Tiffany Dover thing by sharing some documents that you've already got with them? Of course, she then says, well, they're public records, so I didn't give them to him. And he didn't do his story. And he's like, oh, okay. So he did exactly what you said he was going to do. And anyway, it goes through this this whole narrative. She's trying to find Tiffany Dover. We're three episodes in. Uh, so far, there was a lady carrying kids out to the car, uh, you know, in the morning getting ready for school. And of course, you'd think, well, that's Tiffany because it was outside of her house, right? Nope. It's the, the sister-in-law. And she says something about an NDA, which was quite interesting. Now, maybe she's going to pull an ace up out of her sleeve and interview Tiffany Dover and Tiffany's fine. And there's who knows, we'll see. But uh, I definitely want to talk about it because the the psychology behind what they're doing with this show and kind of the way they're sort of painting this new narrative they're replacing, you know, they're like updating their propaganda away from conspiracy theory because that one's got too many miles on it and it's taken too many, uh, too many rounds, I guess, too many, uh, too much sustained too much damage. Uh, so now they're kind of shifting it over. And of course, who's sponsoring this? Well, I think that's pretty obvious. So we'll go through that. The same kind of thing though is happening with Twitter. And I want you to watch this clip right here.
1: No, I think there's a bigger problem that when we focus on the personalities of people like Elon Musk and people say, oh, I think Elon's thinking this or that. There's a bigger problem here about how we are going to control the channels of communication Uh in this country
0: how we're going to control the channels of communication in this country. We need to be the ones telling people the news, telling people what's important, telling people what they should believe and should be doing and thinking. Most importantly, thinking.
1: In 1927, we had the Radio Act. 1934, the Communications Act. Congress stepped in. We made rules. FCC wasn't great, but it's... Of
0: course, the rules they made around radios, what did those do? Uh, They shut out the small community stations. That's why you have the pirate radio community. There's a a great, I think it's Pirate USA uh, documentary on this whole thing and how NPR supported it because they wanted to get the small players out because they were taking away listeners from them. Right. So what it resulted in, what he's talking about there, what resulted is a great consolidation of media. And of course, if you go today down to the radio station, nobody's there just a bunch of computers with a tower out somewhere and they're just doing it all electronically. We've had cases where pipelines or I think a train derailed somewhere up north and they went to the radio to get the message out to the community that people within several miles of this uh, train derailment need to evacuate. And well, it's all run by computers. Nobody's there because they have gone in and centralized that entire industry, right? And so that's what he's really advocating for when he's talking about all of these laws that now all of a sudden are a grave threat and we need to act on them because Elon and, uh, and Zuckerberg. Now, Zuckerberg wasn't a problem before, you know, when he was rigging elections and all that thing, but somehow now all of a sudden he's he's a problem. And it's not just because they don't want you to think they're only focusing on Elon, but yeah, they're only focusing on Elon.
1: Still regulating the broadcast industry, you right. can't use vulgar language. You can't do all these things with speech.
0: Of course, what's happened to broadcast television? It's dead. It's dead. It's the nightly news, which is subsidized by the the governments, by this whole system to push out the propaganda, the fear, the mind control.
1: We gave over our uh, what amongst our airwaves or our internet waves to. Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk. And we are in so much trouble because those guys believe in making money. We've already seen that with the 2016 election Mm. in Zuckerberg when he was taking rubles for ads from Russia and say, oh, I think it's crazy to think they had any influence on this election.
0: Mm. (laughs) It's those darned Russians who were proven, you know, who are colluding with Trump, obviously, except... They didn't. It was, in fact, the Clintons that were colluding with the Russians and fabricating stories and so forth. They're the problem. And it's not, you know, CIA, uh, CNN money coming in or U.S. government money coming in to CNN to fund its operations. That's not the problem. You guys are fair and balanced and giving us the true picture. But that Elon Musk. Now, there's an argument to be made here because it is a double edged sword, right? He is, um, yeah, there's this whole idea in a voluntary society. You you look at the different types of governments, democracy, republic, uh, anarchy, um, a, a dictatorship is actually can be one of the best ones, right? Because you've got this one guy who's in charge of one little family who's in charge of everything. And generally, as long as you don't piss him off, he's, he's too busy to try and keep track of everything. So that's kind of one of the optimal systems that you can hope for, uh, where you have this bene the idea of a benevolent dictator and hopefully that's what Elon's going to become. Now there's some other things though that are, um, I think very concerning to me and should be to you as well. And the whole Neuralink stuff and where that's going. And, uh, I've got a clip. I'll see if I can find it here. But it's of a monkey. I think I tweeted about it. We'll look it up later. Um, You might have to remind me in the chat, though. Uh, So, you know, where all this is going, it's scaring them because they're losing control. They're about to lose control of one of the kind of biggest uh, marketplace for the exchange of ideas that exists. And that's Twitter right now. And they're freaking out, man.
1: Musk is the same. Musk doesn't want it. You know, he's upset with the SEC. Tried to how dare they question him? You know what I'm saying? This is dangerous. We can't think anymore in this country. We don't have people. No, I'm serious. We don't have people in Congress who can make regulations that can make it work. I think we can look to the Western countries Mm -hmm. in Europe for how they are trying to limit it. But you,
0: we can't think anymore. Once Elon takes over, you won't be allowed to think. Now you can think now. Just you have to think right, think. You can't think wrong, think, because you'll get censored. But that's not a problem. Elon taking over is definitely the problem.
1: You need, you need controls on this. You need regulation. You cannot let these guys control discourse in this country or we are headed to hell. We are.
0: <laughs> but they can control it, right, with their CIA money and their Project Mockingbird and, and so forth.
1: Are there.
0: Trump opened the gates of hell and now they're chasing us down. Wait, we that- Trump opened the gates of hell. No. Oh God, these people they're just so completely clueless and the more obvious it becomes over time, the more ridiculous they look because they're captured by their own propaganda. They have to exist within that box and they're bouncing off the walls right now. Okay. I want to point you to this right here. It's a chart and it's showing on the bottom and the the little wet, uh, red wedge at the very bottom. That's, you know, it's a very flat wedge. This is going from 1970 to, uh, what is that? 2009. It looks like, um, and here, let me blow it up for you guys. That little red piece is physicians. And then starting about 1990, you know, really 1985, it started to accelerate and you had this little bit of lull in the depression in 19 in the early 1990s and then all of a sudden it just takes off like uh you know bitcoin after somebody cashes in 2 billion tether for uh uh you know guarantees fiscal guarantees or something so it goes way up and then you have this massive massive overhead on the physicians the people actually practicing medicine right this pile represents waste and it represents all of these people whose jobs exist because of government mandates okay so these are people who um you know are high up in the corporation so they have large salaries and good lives and they enjoy it right and they exist because the government says so. So when the government tells them what to do, they listen because they like their job, you know, making big bucks in the hospital administrator role. And so what this pile here represents is this corrupted class of people who can be co opted and pushed. And what do we see? You see the hospital internalists, the people uh saying what's what are the acceptable uh procedures that will perform in this hospital taking the power away from the physicians down here and giving it to themselves right and that's going to be the theme throughout tonight that's what we're seeing all the way through this is it's a grab for more and more power over time that's how these systems evolve okay and so they were the ones This administrator class here were the ones saying, no, we're going to send them home without treatment and tell them to come back when they're gravely ill. When the doctors were like, no, this is ridiculous. We can prescribe these things. Oh, no, you can't prescribe ivermectin. You better not prescribe hydroxychloroquine or we'll revoke your privileges. This is this large S government waste. Sorry, there's a little bug flying around here. Um, sitting over top of the doctors taking control of them that's what it really represents and that's how they were able to pull this off that's how they were able to force remdesivir an ineffective treatment on patients these guys know the the cost of these treatments of you know intubation and a COVID-19 and the bonus you get and all that they were clearly, they are this bribed class of people and it grows and grows and grows and it's gotten so out of control, it is resulting in mass murder for profit, for greed, for corruption, for lies, for propaganda. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. So this is... <clears throat> um. Charles Rixley, Uh, he is one of the guys who's been part of this project, Drastic, uh, down here, and actually, yeah, Uh, which these are the guys who have been sort of really digging into the origin story for COVID-19. How did this thing come about? What happened? He's been writing a series of articles and sort of documenting everything is really excellent. There's a lot here to this. Uh, He's been at this for a long time. He's also one of the guys who is looking at the DMED data, which is the Department of Defense, excuse me, military uh, information where we're seeing the 1100% increase in deaths. And we're going to get to that as well. It's pretty startling what we're seeing. But he's got some points here about uh, what's happened and what he kind of, what we kind of know so far, and I want to kind of read you this quickly here. Uh, In this latest version, the scientists who've claimed that the virus naturally jumped from an animal to humans, thats the zoonosis theory, natural evolution are followed are following the blind watchmaker logic while engaging in such unprecedented gaslighting that actual evidence has become impossible to see through the smoke. Right? So they, you know, this whole starts back with this paper, that uh, Pradhan Pradesh published suggesting that these four inserts, that there were four inserts and that they were HIV inserts at these GP, it's, this is a whole GP120 thing, and uh, that this therefore was an engineered virus, right? And he was relentlessly attacked. And one of the things Charles goes through is the emails and so forth uh, that sort of led up to, how that all unfolded. And it's very clear uh, how this played out behind the scenes. Okay. And that's what we're going to read some insights from here. Okay. The intensity of the campaign to smother the lab leak hypothesis for COVID-19 has always seemed out of proportion to the evidence that points to either possibility. You say that you get relentlessly attacked, funding gets pulled, you might get fired, you know, all these severe consequences For something that seems, you know, pretty damn plausible, okay, that you have this this bio lab right across the street from the market and it kind of makes sense. Maybe it leaked out of the lab and didn't come from bats hibernating in a cave 1,500 miles away. Okay. Uh but the strength of the assertion from the global experts on coronavirusology and microbiology quickly established the appearance of an authoritative consensus, right? The majority of my research has been focused on compiling and laying out the evidence that shows how Anthony Fauci and others manufactured that consensus and used censorship to prevent the public from learning of their activities. So, and he's he's uh, this is on his blog, Prometheus Shrugged. It's Prometheus Shrugged.substack.com, And it's basically saying here it's a chronicle of his investigation of part of this drastic group of scientists and researchers that are putting, you know, this is a lot of the data that we've uh, covered from time to time uh, over the years as they've kind of come out. He's one of the people who's been uh, doing the, the real number crunching and, and investigatory work and so forth. So he's got four key points from what he's looked at so far. And it starts with this. Dr. Fauci and a few other senior scientists knew instantly that the discovery of HIV spike inserts within the SARS-CoV-2 viral genome made it almost impossible for the virus to be natural. Like, how did they get in there, right? Sorry. Okay. The second point, <clears throat> they knew about the furin cleavage site, the FCS, the single biggest genomic contributor to SARS-CoV-2's ability to become a pandemic virus. Why? That's what lets it bind to the ACE2 receptor. That's what makes it transmissible to humans. And of course, the other viruses—they're in different branches. They don't really relate. So there's not a clear path of how that FCS got on this SARS-CoV-2 virus and they've thrown up the whole RATG 13, but there's problems with that whole theory. Um, And then the whole fact that the HIV inserts are on the binding sites and then the um, area where they attach behind that was also looks like it's engineered as well. Okay. His third point here, they suppressed early treatments that were already available, including the very fusion inhibitors implicated by the existence of the HIV inserts even after a pioneer in the field recommended their use so early in the outbreak. Okay, and what is he talking about there? Ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, things that prevent the SARS-CoV-2 virus from docking with the cells and doing their damage in the first place, okay? Much of what has been done to combat the pandemic, especially here in the United States, has been the opposite of what would have been recommended had all the information been publicly known in early 2020. So they attacked and suppressed all of the uh, effective treatments while pushing remdesivir, which results in death and <laughs> kidney failure and you know all sorts of problems is a wildly inappropriate but yet very profitable endeavor for the drug companies, right? And of course, this is the same thing Fauci did with HIV and AZT, which is another deadly drug. Okay, um, and so they suppressed those. And if that had, if if they had been honest from the beginning, this would have come out. We would have been treating people with hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, other things that prevent that fusion from happening preventing people from really developing the disease. They get infected, but not don't progress to the disease. And we wouldn't be in this pandemic, but they needed the pandemic, right? Because this is part of the power grab that we're going to get to later on tonight. I know why Dr. Fauci was so unsettled by the Indian paper. This is Pradhan, uh, Pradesh, Pradesh. E.T. All had found the HIV inserts, but they didn't know why they'd be there. Archimedic, that's uh, Dr. Saeed, felt that the inserts were tied to an antidote, but we knew that they were, there were still missing pieces. Here's some of the basic implications of what's been found. Okay, Dr. Fauci panicked when the HIV inserts were announced because he knew they proved intelligent design, right? And they got the emails, there's and if you go through his research these are some of the things that he documents and that is <clears throat> that he had researchers talk sending him messages about this stuff explaining you know hey i don't think this is natural and he completely ignores them and brushes them aside and pushes the natural origin theory okay whoops bear with me one second I'm just okay there we go uh dr fauci suppressed fusion inhibitors despite knowing their early treatment potential and that's what we just talked about uh that was done despite the fact that gallagher had invented this niche of therapeutics for covs for coronaviruses okay so this is one of the researchers uh gallagher and um What they did, they developed an aerosol spray that would prevent this whole fusion process to prevent people, the researchers working on coronaviruses from accidentally picking them up. Okay, and I think that's further down here. By suppressing this info about the inserts and about the the fur and cleavage site, Dr. Fauci kept medical professionals in the dark about how infectious the virus was and how dangerous the potential long-term effects on the immune system might be. The Chinese had even begun producing an aerosol form of newer forms of inhibitors, EK1 and EK1C4, which could offset the added danger of the fur and cleavage site to the lungs. That's the thing that's going to prevent it from docking, basically. So there's evidence that they created this little aerosol spray that they would spray around the lab to keep them from getting sick. Dr. Fauci did the opposite, further suppressing hydroxychloroquine, which could have also provided protection for the lungs when taking uh, prophylactically. Instead, Fauci took a slew of actions which simply ensured that the pandemic would be even more devastating. Banning those from hospitals, going back to here, using this administrator class right here that's grown up over the last, was that 30, uh, 30 years or so? because of government regulation of healthcare. Do you see this? And and like, this is not specific just to healthcare. This is everything the government touches turns to this. They make it more expensive, more costly for us because they want the control that comes with all of these regulations, the money and power that then has to Uh, Bend the knee for the politicians to get what they want to extract more wealth. This whole thing is just a giant wealth extraction mechanism, okay? The blind watchmaker, so, okay. Now, uh, Charles Rixley and this other guy rounding the earth, they did this podcast uh, this is uh, giga ohm. It's oh, sorry, you guys can't see that. There we go. This is giga ohm, and <clears throat> what we're looking at here, they they broke down some of the DMed data, and this is it. I'm going to make it full screen here in just a second. They they walk through kind of what's happening. So, if you remember from Ron Johnson's hearing, you had oh. Uh, it's not, is it Caitlin Long? I think the, one of the attorneys that's working with Tom rents, there's, I think three or four of them that are all kind of working on this. These guys are plugged in, helping them with the data analysis and so forth to explain what they're seeing and what's, what's changing. Because what she testified to at Ron Johnson's hearing was that they were going back and fixing the records and changing them to try and hide things. Okay and they've produced these two charts right here and you can oh you can see them right there the one on the left is before they started manipulating the data and what it shows is you've got these blue bars that are kind of higher up that are elevated that is i don't know if i can see if i can make out exactly what that's saying but there's different categories here, okay? And significantly below these blue bars is are these other two uh, data sets, right? And then you move over to the right, and now all of a sudden they're all flat all the way across. So what did they go back and do here? And this is, sorry, these data sets are 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, and 2020, okay? So before what the data showed were these massive spikes, elevations in uh, certain things happening, heart attacks, strokes, you know, that sort of thing. What happened after they started updating it is that, well, it's not all that normal because what did they do? Well, they went back and changed the records to make it look like this was normal. Folks, Orwell's 1984, the main character, Winston, his job when they would go in and cut Chaco rations by 5%, he would go back through the history and he would change it to make it look like it's a 5% increase. And then the propaganda media would announce Chaco rations are increasing 5% this week when they cut them 5%. And then he would rewrite history to make it so. That is exactly what the military has done right here with their own data. They have gone back and rewritten history to make it look like this is the new normal. And they have been caught in the act. These R codes is where they're all appearing and this is what they go through in this GigaOM podcast podcast. It's a, it's a great watch. I've actually, uh, I reached out to Charles. We were trying to set something up for Friday, kind of last minute, because I was going in to grab my daughter, and he responded like late Thursday night, so I pulled all the gear out, plugged all the batteries in. Uh, next morning, pack up my car, load up all the gear, take studio lights down, start driving, because it's like noon. I haven't heard back from him yet. And uh, I get 45 minutes out, and he's like, Sam, can't do it. I got to get my kid. Uh, so I have to cancel. Sorry. And I'm like, oh, crap. So I turned around, drove 45 minutes back. But I want to really like sit down with him and go through uh, not just this data, but his whole origin story and just sort of timeline that out and so forth and edit something really nice to, to tell that narrative. Because I think it's something that people really need to understand. And there's more to it uh, that we're I'm going to show you in a minute, but I want to wrap up with this and a few thoughts here. They have gone back and, you know, changed the past. And of course, I don't think it's done. Like it's, you know, we've talked about there's an 1100% increase. That's from one of the other attorneys on this team that's looking at this data and that he works with insurance companies and they they think it's going to go to 5000%. There's no way they're going to be able to hide it. There's no way they can do this again and just raise it up a second time after this they've already been called out for doing this and they're trying to get away with it and like you know the craziest things are happening uh Teresa Long the I think she's like the flight surgeon that we read the affidavit from uh she was ordered to testify about this stuff and she was given a direct order not to testify which is absolutely witness tampering they brought in a, like a four-page document explaining why this was normal and so forth. It wasn't signed. Nobody signed it. It said things that were just, you know, there's a reason it wasn't signed because it was a fraudulent document, essentially, and nobody wanted to put their name to it. But yet all of these things are happening, and I think we should be sitting back and asking the question, why? And I think the answer is because at this point, it's a matter of national security. Because the U.S. military has been wiped out, right? They are dropping dead in their bunks. We're finding three-on-one aircraft carrier in a week. It's becoming normal. Some of the bases have stopped reporting on deaths. (laughs) Why? Because the U.S. military has been compromised by an enemy that is sitting back waiting for it to become an ineffective fighting force and take them out, take them over. I, I don't know, but that's what's happened. And I know there's this whole Q crowd that thinks, Oh, they know they're the military's in on it. They're not getting the shot, <clears throat> but that's not what an 1100% increase suggests. And maybe some portion did get saline or ineffective vaccine that you know, wasn't stored properly or something like that. And they will survive a little longer or be okay. But there are definitely people who are being injured and dropping out. We're seeing it across the sports. We're seeing it everywhere. So they know they can't hide this, but I think what they're, the reason that they're trying to do this rather than acknowledge this and start treating these people It's because they recognize the severity of what they've done, right? They recognize that the U.S. military has been destroyed from within by people compromised by the CCP, by the deep state. And they just, you know, followed the orders of the establishment. And now... I think the U.S. military is about to be decimated along with everything else. And what's China doing, right? What are they doing to their people? Drilling, like putting screws into their doors so that they can't even leave their apartment. Putting stickers on so they know if, you know, somebody went out. Of course, if you go out, if you're ever in that situation and you have to go out, cut everybody's sticker. (laughs) How are they going to know which one it was? So there's ways to defeat that, but the people are so scared. And of course, they're going around spraying this this fog stuff. Was that Cliff Cliff High thinks that that was the spike protein, that they're trying to make everybody sick. It also could be these EK1 inserts that they're talking about that are the fusion inhibitors. So they were trying to protect the people, and maybe they understand that this is a bioweapon that has been unleashed on the world and that these strict measures are necessary for their people to survive it, perhaps. Or perhaps it's just a way to you know, lock down society and control it and so forth. I would say either one of those is plausible. Okay, uh, let me get out of this real quick. Let me see what they're talking about. Wow.
2: Yeah. And by the way, I I know the the person who um, created the Massachusetts data project, I don't know if you've seen that, where they FOIA'd all of the death records for everyone in Massachusetts during 2020 and 2021, and went through them individually and categorized them and showed where you had like, you know, um, standard deviation, you know, mini standard deviation changes in demographics from month to month. And the R codes were a little funny there too.
1: Yeah, the R is this, code is this related at all to the um, there there is a number.
0: Now I, I I touched on those R codes, but that's basically a bunch of symptoms. Not really sure what it is. Does that sound familiar at all? Like COVID, like vaccine injury <laughs> that doctors don't want to acknowledge. Doctor Fen replied, uh, "You know, I, I saw this story where it was it was somebody that was vaccine injured, but like doctors." Oh, no. Who was it? It was uh, a famous actor or something. And uh, it, was, oh, it was that comedian that fell and hit her head on the stage. Um, her doctor told her, oh, no, it was just stress that made you faint. It's not anything else. That, or that, and that caused your heart inflammation. And Dr. Finn replied to that and said she saw a couple that were both having shingles outbreaks a week apart you know, shortly after their vaccination or booster shot. And the doctor told them both, the doctor that saw them before her told both of them that it was stress. And she's like, I guess he hasn't looked up the odds of, of, you know, stress creating, uh, they have been hurt. It was some specific virus, but it's just really something that was off the charts. And it's like, they're bending over backwards not to acknowledge this thing because the whole system is so stacked against them. But, and so when this ART code thing comes in, they're like, oh, sure, yeah, we'll take that up and start categories. That's what they tell us to do. And they've got all these administrators over their head, and most of these doctors aren't in private practice anymore. That's something else they did away with when the government came in and regulated and centralized everything that's how they pull this off. These are all symptoms of this government getting too big and centralizing too much power. And then it gets co-opted and abused and turned against us and weaponized. Okay. And speaking of, so we talked about um, those emails that were kind of flying back and forth as this paper comes out that really broke the news that COVID's a lab creation, not a natural thing that evolved. Uh, this is from Jiki. Um Trevor Bradford and Kristen Anderson were the people behind the withdrawal of uh, Prashant Pradahan's paper showing that the HIV inserts showed that the virus was manufactured, published on uh, the 31st of January in 2020. So a couple months after this thing's out, it's already known that it's lab-generated that's lab created and that they should be treating this thing a certain way. So that's the kind of, that's what Fauci knew. And instead of, Hey, we've got to treat it this way and save these people. He attacked it. Why? Because he's compromised. This whole thing is part of the CCP. And you'll see why I say that in just a second. Uh, So here down at the bottom, this is Trevor Bedford. He's saying, my brief suggestions about a kind of planned announcement. He says, I wouldn't mention binding sites here. If you start weighing the evidence, that's a lot to consider for both scenarios. And of course, what are the binding sites? That's where these three HIV inserts fall on the spike protein, the optimal place for them to bump into and transfect other cells or infect other cells. Okay. So he's like wanting to downplay that. I would say there's no evidence of genetic engineering, full stop and no evidence of genetic engineering is in quotes. So this is them getting their story straight. Do you see rather than quote, including samples that have been collected prior to the outbreak in Wuhan, end quote, I would say quote, including samples collected from as early as possible in the Wuhan outbreak, end quote. Now, what does that change imply? Well, if I'm hearing the first one, I know for certain that they collected um, samples prior to the outbreak. Okay. And if I'm looking at the second one, I'm thinking they collected samples post outbreak. So totally changing the meaning of it to hide and obfuscate the truth. I'm sure, I'm not sure what the exact uh, capacity of this group going forward will be, but I might suggest moving to more secure forms of communication. Signed to Trevor, like, you know, where they won't be re- subject to FOIA requests, where they can talk about how they're going to hide and bury this lab leak theory. And of course, this is a response to this up here, and you can see this is Kristen Anderson. There's uh, Ralph Barrick, who's also one of the progenitors of this whole um, heist, heist of your freedom, of your wealth, of your health got peter Dazic who's the cia cutout on the list as well so they all were in on this cover-up and this is what what um he's talking about right here prometheus shrugged charles rixley in his um in his blog that's what he's explaining there was this immediate wall of resistance anybody who dares suggest that this is lab leak theory gets canceled Because we've concluded. And of course, Daszak went over with his little committee and decided that uh, the whole lab leak theory was not even really on the table for discussion and that we need to figure out how this evolved naturally to get to the bottom of it. So, okay. Let me get back. Where was I? Oof. Oh, shit. I just closed a tab. (laughs) Hold on. Bear with me. We're not done with that one yet. Okay. Let me see. I think there was something in here from this. uh, To assess whether virus is evolving to better infect or be transmissible between humans occurred during the SARS uh, pandemic. Could be used to clarify the origins of the virus and to assess. So there they're pointing out, you know was this thing modified to better infect humans, which we know it was. And most of them know it was because they're the ones who helped do it and pull this off, right? And a lot of this research that's going on in the name of defensive research in the papers, this this gets into another thing here. So hold on, let me just scroll up. Here's Jickey saying, if I was, quote, making a live attenuated vaccine, LAV, for HIV, I would definitely carry it around in a backpack and stop at the wet market on my way home. (laughs) And if something went wrong, I would get Trevor Bedford and others to cover for me. Sound like a good plan. Now, what you're seeing here is a picture of the Bat Lady on the right. And on the left here, you can't make it out. There's not enough detail, but what they're suggesting is that this is the Bat Lady, and you can see she's got these this big square backpack, which looks a little unusual compared to, you know, like a backpack you'd carry your clothes or something in. And then she's got these two cases. Looks like she's either standing next to them or standing over them, straddled them. And she's wearing a mask, of course. And, uh, okay, so what they're talking about with live attenuated virus, the LAV. That's the idea where you take an existing virus that you've isolated, you make it sick, you kill it with formaldehyde, something like that. You inject it and the body uh, produces an antibody response and then you're immune from it. Okay. And that's what kind of like what they're claiming to do this biological research as, but in reality what's actually happening is they're going in and genetically modifying these viruses to create something that's far more dangerous and deadly and path, you know, pathogenic, all the clinical terms for it, um, to create it. And so that in the name of defense, well, we got to protect ourselves from these things that don't exist that we're going to create in order to protect ourselves. And they went out and did exactly what, um, what turned, turned out to be in the virus months later like the exact modifications they there's proposals where that's what they're doing in the name of defense and then that's what pops out of SARS-CoV-2 months later okay and uh pointing us to this because well let me Jump down here, and he's, he's saying, important, you're going to see more tweets from our side, in quotes, with the story, uh, quote, and, and by our side, he's talking about physicians, um, you know, people uh, that, that believe in the narrative. And he's saying, quote, SARS-CoV-2 emerged out of the attempts to develop a LAV, live attenuated vaccine for SARS or HIV, but that's not at all what they were doing, right? He's saying this story is false. It's designed to provide an escape route for the perpetrators. Like that's their scapegoat that they're hoping to use when the reality is they were genetically engineering bioweapons and they unleashed one to the public. Now, here's another little interesting thing. Oh, wait, no. I got to go over to... We
3: have some cross-collateralized debt that could affect We have some. Wait, wait.
0: wait. No, I think. Oh, no, it's not here. Crap. Oh, bear with me for one second. Let me make sure it's not in here. And then I didn't just move it down somewhere. Crap. Oh, no, there it is. Okay. That one's out of order because I closed it accidentally. That's what happened. Okay, this is from 4chan right here and it's an interesting post now take this with a grain of salt this is not you know from somebody naming their, telling you who they are and showing their face and they made a video or something this is anonymous it says on the 19th of october 2019 dr zengi she took this is the bat lady uh zing zingli she whatever it is took a bus from wuhan's institute of technology to the quote to the real location of the P4 lab, roughly 16 miles away. Okay, so this person's suggesting that Wuhan wasn't doing the actual research, that it was happening somewhere nearby there, but that was a front. She stopped uh, one time halfway through her journey, opened her suitcase and placed a block of contaminated dry ice near an air vent at the fish market in question. This particular market was chosen because it is in the same building as the hub of the world's largest high-speed rail network and because it was not outside of her regular route of travel. The event was captured on CCTV. So what that's suggesting, and I think this is where this uh, picture is coming from, back here, is that that's the footage and that the deep state has been put on notice. The Fauci crime family has been put on notice that we know exactly what you guys did. We know that you released it. It was also happened during the uh, military games that were, or or some kind of military thing that was going on over there in the vicinity. (laughs) So, put that in context of what we talked about earlier with the military being disabled and why they're freaking out and doing all this crazy shit all of a sudden, because they want to keep that hush hush as possible to give as little insight into how damaged they are by this. Uh, you know, it's world war three that's underway. It is, it's just not being fought kinetically with soldiers and bullets. It's being fought with economic weapons. That's, that's one of the other questions that you should be asking. We all should be asking about these lockdowns in China. Are they doing it because they know it's a bioweapon? They want to protect their people? Or are they doing it because they want to disrupt global shipping, the global supply chain, send another round of supply shocks through the system? Because that's the effect that this is having. Like we're about to go even higher for a gallon of gasoline. Right. I mean, we've just had a run up, but I think it's going to go even higher. And I predict as a result of that, when we hit, you know, $10 a gallon is the national average, something like that. What's going to happen to people working at fast food for 10 bucks an hour? If they live 30 minutes away. And it now costs them $50 to drive in and home to work. That's a, these are, those are not people with a lot of disposable income and they're about to get squeezed when that happens. So how many of them, this doesn't make sense for me to go to work anymore. What happens? It all just continues cascading and breaking down further, causing more economic disruption. That's what I'm talking about. These shockwaves and the The tide going in and out and leaving crap on the beach. We're still going through that. It's still rippling in and out. And it looks like this might've been intentional in order to bring about the collapse of the, the, you know, global superpower that's in charge of everything. Take over the money, take over the government. They already had done that. Disable the military. And what are they going to do? Okay, let's see, right here, gorilla dies unexpectedly at Gladly Porter Zoo, this is in Texas, Brownsboro, uh, down uh, by um, like South Padre Island, all that, that's a very southern tip of Texas. What happened? Well, they're mourning the loss of their western lowland gorilla who died last week, this is Martha, died unexpectedly on Tuesday, April 19th, about 12 days ago. Martha was slow to respond that morning, being treated for a urinary tract infections, but no signs of a more serious illness were present. Martha passed away later that night. Upon neurocropsy, we found that she had multiple organ anomalies or abnormalities, sorry, which in turn created a life-ending cascade. The cascade began with, fibrosing heart disease which led to renal failure. Okay? So what are we what have we been talking about with Walter Chestnut and everything else? The you get injected with this poison, this bioweapon because the spike that they're producing in for the vaccine that the mRNA induces your body to produce is It's got some minor changes, but pretty much identical and just as deadly and causing the disease of COVID-19. That's why all these people are constantly getting sick. And we're going to talk about that later tonight because they're all getting COVID-19 again and again and again because their body's constantly pumping out a neurotoxin. Some people don't like to call it a bioweapon, but it was developed in a bioweapon lab. They call it that for a reason, folks. So you get injected, circulates that mRNA all over your body. The vagus nerve is one of the places that it's kind of transiting a lot and causing a lot of the neurological problems. Uh, But it's also going to all of the major organs, right? And then what does it do? The mRNA with the lipid nanoparticle causes the mRNA to transfect into the cell where it takes over, starts pumping out the spike protein. The spike protein gets into the nucleus of the cell where it disrupts, uh, you know, P53, BRCA, uh, the toll-like receptors, shuts off your body's ability to respond to cancers, to viruses. That's why we're seeing all these outbreaks. And then eventually, one of these spike proteins will get expressed on the cell, on the surface of the cell. The immune system will come along, will see that and say, target this one for destruction. And it comes along and kills it with a killer T cell. And then it gathers up the remains and it we think that the body is actually converting them into fibrin. And what are we seeing in the bodies of, uh, you know, these autopsies where they're going through and doing the embalming and so forth? That's what these long white fibers are. It's that fibrin. And this is exactly what happened. He had these multiple organ anomalies which in turn creating created this life-ending cascade. It was just too much for his body to handle, okay? And that led to kidney failure. Of course, what are we seeing right here? This is a little graphic. Apologize, you guys. But this is from, this is from the Blaze Media. This is another body just hours after death sent to me by an embalmer. I have no clue how someone can survive with that stuff in their vascular system, but it sees... But he sees this now every day. Nobody in government wants to investigate. And what you're looking at is kind of this pinkish color liquid that's water running off the table, and there's these clumps. Those are, that's fibrin with red blood cells caught in it. You wash that out, and it turns white, okay? So we've seen these in long strings growing, basically kind of adding on behind blood clots in the body. But actually what it looks like they're seeing now is this stuff just free floating in the blood where it could you know cause clots and all sorts of things and he's he's saying i don't know how these people are surviving and of course obviously this person didn't but how many people who got vaccinated have this going on this is exactly what was just described in the oh sorry in this gorilla autopsy that they did when they looked to find out what happened to it there we go. And the same thing is happening to humans. All right. Okay. We're going to pause here and come back to that. James has joined us. He's, uh, he's got a message. So in the last show, I talked about how the local governments, you know, just getting these mandates repealed is not a win for humanity, right? Because They've set the precedent that they can do lockdowns. They've set the precedent that they can prevent you from going to work. They've set the precedent that they can close restaurants and close certain businesses while leaving others open and, and exercise all kinds of drastic controls over society. Right. And they've shut down uh, the travel to unvaccinated travelers and all sorts of other things. And I'm was pointing out last week how the important thing to note here is that they've set the precedent. They are, holding on to that power. And just because they're rel- relinquishing on the vaccine mandates doesn't really mean that, uh, you know, we've succeeded and this problem has been solved. There's still this power grab going on and that's what's behind the whole CDC lawsuit against, uh, uh, the, uh, ending of the travel ban. The CDC wants to, uh, the department of justice is doing it for them, but they want to enshrine the CDC's ability to, uh, put those kinds of mandates in place. Well, the same exact thing is happening on a global level with the WHO. And that, oh, yep, there you are. James, welcome to the show. Can you hear us okay? Thank you for having
4: me, yep.
0: Wonderful. So that's what your message is really all about here, is talk, you found some really interesting documents and I've got your website up here. This is, um, oh, your link is uh, don'tyoudare.info, right? Don't
4: don't you don't you dare that info there's a story behind that but um that's that's correct
0: so you found these documents that are kind of circulated and it goes i'll just i'll let you explain it i think it's pretty alarming what you found and i think it represents the same thing that's happened at the local level just taken up to a a global
4: sure first of all thank you so much for uh, having me um we, we you know we shared a little bit of information about some stuff, but there's so much more. Um, I'm, I I want to start off by saying it's just a couple of things that this is not, okay? Okay. I'm not, I'm not a Snowden. You know, I'm not like a contractor mm-hmm. who worked and got access to some privileged information and then felt the need to share it. That's not what this is. It's not um, Assange or WikiLeaks where, you know, somebody got some information and I'm publishing something maybe I'm not supposed to have or people don't want me to have. Um, what I've done is actually, for most people, make you go to sleep. It's boring. The document that I have yeah, is uh, from one of the ones, uh, um, Exhibit Exhibit G, actually. Okay. We won't start there, but it, it starts the story. Um, exhibit G is from the uh, Federal Register, and it's where they changed the definition of a public health emergency. And it's on page 6,969 of whatever the hell the document is from the Federal Register. Just
0: some casual reading uh, I mean, you were doing one evening yeah,
4: or what? Yeah, you know, but, but breakfast, you know, <laughs> sorry, chew, chew on for breakfast. You're an stuff.
0: exciting man.
4: <laughs> no, when you, when you find the proverbial needle in the haystack, yeah. you go, yeah, it was worth looking through the haystack. Somebody taught me at one point, you know, if you're looking for a needle in the haystack, you might want to use a magnet. Yeah. Okay? Because you can really do. And so, uh, you know, h- how did I find these things and how was I chosen to be the one to find them? Who knows? But the the starting point was a couple of years ago, I uh, January of 2020, I read the document that Fauci was trying to hide that we now know, which they came out with a preprint of what the genetic sequence of whatever the hell this thing is. Yes. And it, you know, it was said, Oh, there's these furin cleavage sites and there's HIV residues. Well, early January, I read that darn thing Mm -hmm. and I was, Oh, this is, you know, this is not your grandma's coronavirus. Right. That's right. So I did a lot of work for two years. I'm going to skip past all of that. And in early February of 2022, I got a notice from my web hosting company that I had a wonderful relationship with for 12 years, built a whole bunch of websites, wrote some books. Bye-bye. It's all gone. And I I was very pleased with myself, actually. I didn't freak out. I was like, well, I guess I'm being reassigned. I guess there's a different something for me to do. (laughs) And here I am. Uh, I landed on Substack, so all of my stuff is on James Roguski, R-O-G-U-S-K-I, .substack.com. Wrote a couple of articles, uh, started to see talk of a pandemic treaty. And I, I want to say super clearly, yeah, that's my mug. Um, you should be able to uh, let me read it for free down below yeah. on the bottom. that will get you in the door. Nobody's to anyway. pay for this. Um, and uh, it, it, I did some articles that were things that were sort of, you know, I, I had known about him, and I brought him back from what had been lost. Mm-hmm. but then I learned about this pandemic treaty and the pandemic treaty article is the longest pile of stuff that I've ever put together on one page. If you, if you were to open up everything and all of the links and chase one, down, it's millions of words. Mm-hmm. not that I wrote them, but the propaganda that they've been putting out about the pandemic treaty is astonishing. And so I'm here to tell you that that article is there. Don't read it. All right. I put a, good solid almost a month of my life into it don't read it just now because it's it's not meant by me but the whole concept is a decoy okay Uh, i I used to manage a nutrition store as a buyer and uh, you know i'm very knowledgeable about about health and nutrition but you know as a store and we were aware we never had any trouble but we were aware if somebody made a ruckus in the back of the store products might be walking out the front of the store while you're distracted. Okay. And so, you know, why did, uh, Chris Smith smack, um, uh, why did Will Smith smack Chris rock so that you would pay attention to that and not things like this. Okay. okay? So while that was happening, you know, I'm, I'm focused on this stuff and here's, here's the gist of
0: it. Now I think that was scripted. I did an interesting video on it, but I see your point. Absolutely.
4: I, I had a good friend, Karen, who, um, my girlfriend and I were talking about how, you know, what is this distracting us from? Right. Mm-hmm. And while we're having that discussion, a friend of ours texted us and she said, what do you think this is distracting us from? And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, that's why you're our friend. You know, you think that <laughs> way, right? It's like, don't look at this craziness. And so what I was digging into was, you know, another sleeper, um, the International Health Regulations. It's uh, an 84-page document that got its start, you know, probably decades, I mean, de- centuries ago, and, and it's always kind of been there, and nobody's been able to find that it's ever actually been, v- you know, voted on as a treaty or officially right. recognized. Diplomats have said, yeah, the United States of America agrees to this, but, you know, who the hell are you to agree to it on our behalf, kind of stuff. In any case, there's this body of work called the International Health Regulations. I actually find it kind of interesting. There, every time I read it, there's there's something in there that i like, oh, I didn't notice that before. And that's how all these documents are. They're, they're dense, and the words have meanings that aren't the same meanings that you think those words mean because there's definitions. Yeah, There's definition, you know, the first article is just a big old pile of definitions. Mm -hmm. And one of them that's pertinent is uh, invasive. So an invasive test is where they stick something inside your nose or other orifices. And I kind of don't mind the international definition of invasive because I agree with it. If you stick something up my nose or my ear or my mouth, uh, that's an invasion. And you got to get my permission. I got to want you to do it. You know, if I don't want you to do it, you're invading my space. Well, the United States regulations, the CDC changed that definition in the United States as opposed to internationally. Okay. And they make it so that, you know, that's you know, sticking something up your nose now, that's not invasive. Right. So, same word, you know, different meaning. That's how all of this legal stuff gets you. You, you think you're reading English, but you're reading legalese. Right. And I, I don't speak Spanish or, or French or, you know, a couple of words here and there. But for some reason, I, I can translate legalese and see the craziness that they're doing. And so the amendments that they want to have to the international health regulations kind of require that you know just a teeny little bit about what the International Health Regulations do. Mm-hmm. And currently, the International Health Regulations has the WHO in shackles. Currently, the WHO is wearing a straitjacket. They, they got handcuffs on. They they cannot override a nation's sovereignty if the nation says, you know, look, we're handling this... Uh, situation get out of here Mm -hmm. the who puts their tail between their legs and they got to go yeah and it's only if the nation agrees that yes we have a problem and you know you want to you want your country to be a good member of the international community if you've got a new something that's happening and people are dying and you know by all means call the the
0: who and you know, the, the fact checkers have appointed them the Ministry of Truth because ev- all of the fake news, if if the, if the it goes against the WHO, it's fake news. So they've certainly inserted and, and um, injected themselves into the kind of sovereignty of all these nations uh, through that mechanism. And I think it's certainly been pushed by the Gates Foundation and all of these others that are actually funding them. I think that's one of the things that you mentioned that, Gates is giving more to the WHO than the US government is. And like if you think that's not buying uh, buying influence, you're not paying attention, right? So like I, I see them constantly trying to move the ball down the field to gain more control, and that's you're right. That's exactly where they want to go. They want to be able to dictate, you will do these lockdown measures. You will uh, tell us, let us tell you, what's a pandemic you know what can uh what must be done about it
4: right and so uh to get right to the literal needle in the haystack if you can pull that page up again i think you can see it very clearly uh exhibit c2 um i got to present all of this to reiner fulmick the other day i don't know if you know who reiner fulmick is but yes uh, i I presented it i presented it as if it was a court case and so, um, oh, you're on the wrong page. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah.
0: that's I, okay. that's went, I went page. off exploring yeah. a little um, bit. There we go.
4: There we go. Yeah. Um, little tiny right there. Right there. C two. Okay. Exactly. C two. Okay. And where it's highlighted.
0: The state party are in agreement regarding this determination.
4: So, the nomenclature of this is that the. Bold words are added; new words being put in by the proposed amendment. Okay. The regular text is the existing regulations,
0: mm-hmm.
4: and if there's a line a strike through on it, then it's text that is currently part of the regulations, but it's being removed. Okay. So actually, if you could pull that back up. Yep. Um, what you what you just read, I'll read it again. Um, and the state party are in agreement regarding this determination. So what that means in English is if the director general of the World Health Organization is in communications with whatever nation, you know, officials, if there's a disagreement, the WHO loses. Right. Okay. If there's an agreement, well, then there's an agreement and everything's fine. Mm -hmm. Right. But that line is essentially a limitation on the power of the WHO. Right. They can't do it unilaterally. They have to get permission. Basically. And it
0: forces them into an advisory role.
4: And they don't have to, you know, it's kind of like when the FDA takes advice from their science committee. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, yeah, we hear your advice. Thank you very much. But we're going to do whatever, hell we want it anyways. Right. Right. So currently the country is in that position. They say, thank you, WHO. We appreciate all your efforts, but we're in charge here get out of here until we call you back and we're ready for you. Now that can go wrong because, you know, maybe China needed a couple of days to hide something Mm -hmm. probably, but you know, what if um, they do a PCR test in the sewer system in your town? Yeah. And they, oh my goodness, we found some new pathogen. Boom. WHO comes in. You want to be able to say, well, hold on just a minute. Our health officials are going to determine what's going on here And we're going to decide if we think we got a problem. If we have a problem and the world should be worried about it, we'll certainly let you know. But you're not going to come in and dictate to us, go away. Well, if these amendments go through, literally the director general of the WHO becomes the dictator general of, in my terms, the World Hypnosis Organization (laughs) because I find myself accidentally typing the world, I'm sorry, the International Health Recommendations. Because I've read it so much, and it's like, these are not regulations. Mm -hmm. They're they're really just recommendations. Mm -hmm. And if you go with the hypnosis idea, I've never been hypnotized. I've never learned how to hypnotize somebody. Um, I've had many experiences where I've realized I'm talking to someone consciously, but their subconscious programming will not permit whatever I'm saying to actually get in. Okay. And so if, if someone were to hypnotize someone else to where the, the suggestion was, if, if I were to make a recommendation, you would interpret that as an obligation. Okay, if that got implanted into many, many people around the world by the media that, oh, the WHO has recommended something mm-hmm. and everyone goes, I must comply, right? Well, you can't, you can't reason with those people. They don't know that they have that subliminal programming. And so I don't get angry when I see people doing things that I think, if you're a thinking, discerning person, you would go, my goodness, that's crazy, right? And if you look at the ads for um, uh, drugs, a lot of times people are watching TV and they don't realize that the ads are on Mm -hmm. and they're listing all of these side effects, Mm -hmm. okay? Now, if you're using your powers of discernment and you're watching the ad, you go, well, this is crazy. I'm not going to ever, right? But if you're not paying attention and you're not blocking out that, hypnotic suggestion you get suggestions of the craziest diseases right my favorite you know is this weight loss product that absorbed all the fat and one of the side effects was rectal leakage and it's like (laughs) no thanks right but if if you um had diarrhea one day and you had this subliminal thing you know that oh maybe this this drug is good for rectal leakage, I should ask my doctor. I've had conversations with people about health, talk for an hour, give them all this information. And at the end of it, they're like, wow, this is really great, thank you for everything. I'll have to ask my doctor. And I'm like, oh man, I forgot again that I was talking to their conscious mind. And I don't know how to manipulate their subconscious mind. I would never do that. I wouldn't want it done to me. But you can't get anywhere when the programming is underneath. yeah. And so the world has been programmed to believe that the WHO is an authority figure, mm-hmm. that they know everything, and if they speak, you know, it used to be when I was a kid, if, if dad said jump, you, the question was supposed to be how high, right? And yeah. that's how people behave with the WHO. And I'm here to tell you, they're like the Wizard of Oz. They got nothing. They only have the fact that you think they are something other than what they are, and so this amendment, these amendments, would not necessarily give them this all-consuming power that everybody's afraid of, but it would make it so that they could declare an emergency for any reason they want. Right. Uh, I'm serious about that. Mm-hmm. Anything, if the if the dictator general of the world hypnosis organization wants there to be an epidemic or, or a, an emergency. Uh, Public Health Emergency of International Concern, which is a fake, P-H-E-I-C, or of Regional Concern, which is um, exactly right at the top there. Um, A a regional emergency is a P-H-E-R-C, so they want to be able to FERC us (laughs) one region at a time. Okay. Yeah. I mean, okay. you know, you got to, you got to Well, I mean, This is a yeah.
0: reasonable response here, James. It's limited in scope. We're just going to do it in this one little area <laughs> for this one little thing. This is very dangerous and this is for the greater good. Okay. Except. Just let your redefin- overlords come in and take over.
4: Except the, the redefinition of the United States declaration of a public health emergency on page 6969 of exhibit G um, makes it so that if Tedros or whoever it is in the WHO uh, says anything, any kind of recommendation, boom, you've got an emergency. Okay, now the other thing, which is, it's on one of my pages. Don't yep. go trying to find it. It's, it's all it's way down on it's the right second there, page. I think. Um, but what I'm about to say is that in in Roman times, in the Roman Empire, if they had an emergency, and you know, I live in California, so we got mudslides and fires and earthquakes and whatever you want to have someone who is a take charge kind of person going to Mm -hmm. bring in the things that are needed to deal with an emergency and fix it, you know, deal with it and then be done with it. Right. And so in Roman times, the person who was put in charge of handling an emergency was known as a dictator. They would dictate what had to be done. They would basically be the boss, Mm -hmm. but you know, they were a well-respected person in society they weren't power hungry they would come in fix the problem get out like a lot of companies when they fire everybody and they you know they're a fixer somebody comes in and straightens this company up so it mm-hmm. flies right and you know they get paid a shit, load of money and then they leave right mm-hmm. well somewhere along the line they figured out that you could hold on to these dictatorial powers right. if you just kept having an emergency
0: right right or manufacturing also, them
4: manufacturing emergencies I wonder how, what percentage of your viewing audience realizes that we are currently, there's 42 active national emergencies in the United States. And some of those,
0: some of those are decades old. I mean, it's- they
4: go all the way back. I think the oldest one in, in current thing is um, the Iran hostage crisis. Okay. <laughs> OK, we're still I've been as very as concerned
0: about that lately. I don't know about you, we're, but we're, top of my we're, mind every morning when I wake up.
4: <laughs> we're very unhappy with Iran about that. Uh-huh. Okay. OK, we haven't forgiven. We haven't. Forgotten, that was warranted.
0: Right? Did you have anything else?
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so a, a number of months ago, I did a. Uh, trying to think what it was that triggered it, but I came across a law in the U.S. Code. Mm hmm. You know, reading all those boring regulations. Yep. And it's a law that Congress shall, and the word shall means they must, right, every six months debate and vote on a joint resolution on all of those 42 national emergencies to decide whether or not they should continue. Mm -hmm. And as far as I'm concerned, there's no penalty in the law, so it's kind of a empty, you know, yeah. threat. But they should all be fired because they have failed in their duty to represent our opinion about whether or not we think that the hostage crisis is still an emergency.
0: We're not supposed to have a standing military, but, you know, like they do the exact same thing. They come in and recertify it as if that right. somehow equates to not having the, a standing military like we have today. And they just, the, the the bureaucrats and the politicians, you, you can have whatever intent you want with a law, but they're going to interpret it in a way that benefits them. And they always want more power, more control, more finances, you know, just a, a bigger piece of the action is kind of how I describe it. The,
4: these past two years, I learned the 11th commandment. Um, mm-hmm. These rules are, th- those first 10 are for thee, but not for me. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. And, and so... The Congress has failed miserably, certainly with coronavirus. I, I don't know anybody who thinks we're in the middle of an emergency. You know, I just was at a thing in the park, giving a you know talk about this, and everybody's fine. You know, mm-hmm. so there's this national emergency that Trump started. It goes for a year. Biden um, um, re-upped on it, mm-hmm. and 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 he on it again. So six months from March, April, May, June, July, August, September in September, Congress should be voting to tell Biden, no, we don't want any more emergency, but they won't. Right. Right. And so for that reason alone, they should all be
0: booted. Well, and like, I I don't even know, let's say midterms come and the Republicans sweep and take over. Do you think they're going to do it six months after that? I doubt um, it. I doubt it. Here's because- here's
4: here's here's what I will do. I, I try not. I try to stick to the facts. Okay. 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 And uh, I'll be happy to blowviate. Um, one of my parents' favorite words when I was a kid was, "Ah, that guy, he's a blowhard." Right. <laughs> so I try to stick to the facts. Um, we have three weeks, and if everyone in your viewing audience goes to don'tyoudare.info, um, and if you can pull that up, if you go to yep. don'tyoudare.info this will take you to this article specifically on my sub stack. So you don't have to go fishing for it. Um, there's an executive summary of what's going on. It's basically the WHO is trying to become king of the hill, boss of the world. Uh, they want their director general to be the dictator general and be able to have emergencies whenever they want. Right. Uh, if you scroll down a smidge from there, mm-hmm. uh, there is, um, the testimony in front of uh, Reiner Fiumic, and then Exhibit A, Exhibit B, Exhibit C. If you scroll down, um, all of the different um, things. I've tried to screenshot out the pertinent points so you don't have to read the boring PDFs. But for people who want to verify, verify that I'm that's not me.
0: Yeah, I did verify some of these. I wanted to make yeah. sure this is a real thing. Yeah, I mean, and I, I, I make it, it easy,
4: but if you uh, if you need to verify what I'm saying and you don't want to fall asleep. You know, I did the excerpts and stuff for you, mm-hmm. but if you scroll down even more, there's a big fat red button because a lot of people say, well, what, what can we do? And so I have a, a bigger page of actions that people oh, sure. can take and and step, there you go. There's the big fat red button. And if you scroll down, you'll see there's a image of a toolbox and there's just all kinds of things you can do. Everybody asks
0: send the a text message i mean these, these is, are um, these are simple things send a text message to everyone on your contact and, and list and let's
4: let's let's see what we can do for you in return for having me thank you very much whoever is yeah, listening to this if you don't share this video with absolutely everybody you possibly can all right um, here's here's the crazy part my phone number is 310-619-3055 right here's my phone
1: I have if you call that now,
4: thing. you'll be rude. Don't call it now if we're live. Um, wait until the show's over. Um, I've gotten some amazing phone calls from some amazing people, and they're like, this is crazy. You're crazy to put your phone up there. You know, we got to make this happen. i got three weeks. I'm dedicating my life to this. Uh, I want to see the Canadian trucker convoy, European-style drive to Geneva. Okay? I want to see... A whole bunch of I don't I don't think people from the United States and Australia and Asia and Africa, you know, don't spend your money and go to Geneva. Yeah. But anybody who could hop on the train and get their butt to Geneva a um, couple of days before the 22nd, um, let them know what you're thinking. Let them know very clearly that this is not okay, that you tried to hide the amendments and the delegate list is completely hidden. No one – I know some people who, like in Ecuador and pretty much maybe that's it, they, they believe that they know because they've spoken to somebody. They believe they know who the delegates from their country will be. But to my knowledge, we no one's been able to find an actual official list of the delegation. The U.S. took 30 people plus the chief deputy and a regular delegate in November. So that's 33 people from the U.S., that didn't ask me for my opinion they didn't ask you for your opinion
0: right
4: and and we don't even know who the hell they are because nobody's saying it.
0: and so, so at yeah. the very
4: least at the very least that's administrative malfeasance it's like how how did these people get chosen how how did they get a delegation of authority to speak for us you know how, what is going on with that so the occult hidden nature of what's going on here the i think what they wanted was for the amendments to be you know, written by the WHO and all of the organizations, World Economic Forum and whatever's behind them, all the Gavi and the Gates Foundation and so forth. They wrote them, but they couldn't give them to themselves. They had to give them to the United States to front for their operation so the United States could submit it. They got 40 nations to show their support, the European Union and so forth, so now the WHO has it on their agenda for the end of May. There's no getting it back. There's yeah. no legal proceedings. There's no lawsuit. You know, we can we can go ahead.
0: Well, and this is the next step, right? It, like the the whole new world order. It's I don't think it's going to be a flip of the switch event. It's a constant push towards taking a little bit more here, a little bit more there, and. Once they declare the next emergency, they, they might be able to drag that out for three more years, and who knows what kind of powers they can grab in that time. So it will never stop. It has to be called out and brought out from the shadows and into the light.
4: And and so I do believe that this is certainly one of the founding documents of the New World Order, okay, the, the Great Reset, because it, it would trigger complete... Ability to have emergency powers mm-hmm. to to the end of time.
0: It's a critical okay? step yeah.
4: because there's there's no part of the amendment that even remotely says, "Well, how do you end the emergency?" Okay. Now, in the United States, there is a law that the Congress shall give the people a voice to vote. To end the national emergency and some states the legislature has voted to get rid of the statewide emergencies but the public health emergency declared by the secretary of health and human services javier becerra is the emperor of health he's the dictator for life of of the health system and everything centers around that declaration not of a national emergency, but of a public health emergency for 90 days, that's been renewed 10 times. And as long as that public health emergency is active, all the money flows Mm -hmm. and all of the emergency authorizations for PCR testing rapid antigen testing, all kinds of, you know, there's all, there's, I don't, I've lost track of how many emergency use authorizations there are. Mm -hmm. Then there's the medications, not to mention the biological injections that Mm -hmm. do not start with V because that's not a defined term. If the, if the secretary of health and human services, Javier Becerra could be put into a deep sleep for 90 days and just forget to renew the public health emergency, all of those emergency authori- authorizations would disappear. All of the money in the CARES Act that's giving a twenty percent bonus to hospitals if right. they stick something up your nose and they say COVID, and a sixty-five percent bonus if they use remdesivir. Right. Okay. All of that money would dry up, mm-hmm. and there wouldn't be a push to maintain, you know, these COVID levels of. Um, You know, oh, you tested positive. Yeah, but I feel fine. Yeah, but we can get 20% more for whatever we do to you, so here's your vent, right? Mm -hmm. Can't get out of the hospital because they're making money and they're getting a 20% bonus. So all of the pushback against the mandates is all wonderful, but you got to realize that those are the leaves on the tree. Yes. And the root is the emergency powers Exactly. And uh, uh, that's what this set of amendments is all about. And then what happens is, even with that, um, there's a document, if you want to pull up Exhibit A. Have sure. you, did you look at Exhibit A?
0: Uh, I don't know that I did. Um,
4: exhibit A is old timing, right? Okay. It goes and all the way back to 1948. Um, I think you got to go back to the there. first page. Yeah, yep. there, there you go. Um, ex- exhibit A. I don't know uh, if you want me to click on that
0: or not, but it's coming up here.
4: Oh, it may not show on your, there there you go. That's perfect. Um, it's the third image. This is all the way back, uh, June 14th, 1948 might have to expand that. Yeah. So people can read it. Uh, You know, people can read it on their own. There you go. Oh, well, Um, sort of. Yeah. Uh, Harry Truman right
0: there. If you can
4: read the, you know, the script, that's Harry Truman. Mm -hmm. And, um, the paragraph in section five essentially says that the, uh, United States is happy to join the WHO. Be part of the international community i mean we pretty much ruled the international community at that point but it doesn't matter what is in the constitution of the who it doesn't matter what kind of things they recommend or what they say um we don't have to change our laws regardless of anything that the who says it, it, and i'll read it verbatim um understand that nothing in the constitution of the world health organization in any manner commits the united states to exact any specific enact any specific legislative program regarding any matters referred to in said constitution. So we'll join, but you can't tell us nothing. Right. Well, wake up from your hypnotic trance. (laughs) That simple paragraph is kind of sort of English. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't, you can't, you know, it's like grade school stuff. You can't make me right. You can, you can try to trick me. You can try to coerce me. You can entice me. You can threaten me. You can bribe me. And and the WHO bribes a lot of poorer nations. Right. Um, you can bet that any of the people that you see wearing the uh, um, has well not hazmat suits, but you know the the white uh, jumpers or whatever they're called. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know those people are being paid a lot more than the prevailing wage. We covered,
0: there there was an African president who came out against the vaccines. And then like two days later, boy, did he have a change of tune? Somebody got their checkbook out and got to him or threatened him and his family. I don't know which, maybe a little bit of both. But yeah, you see people singing the tune. And, you know, now when one of the politicians gets sick, somebody called that the, uh, you'll love this, the um, hostage uh, pledge or the the Pfizer hostage pledge statement or something where <laughs> I'm so grateful. Uh, I caught COVID tested positive, but I'm so grateful for being vaccinated because it reduces the sentence. Like they all say the same thing because it, it they're would have been
4: so much worse. It would have been so much worse. Um, yeah. And, and, and so, you know, money talks. So, you know, the Bill and Melinda Gates foundations funnels money through the WHO, the WHO, right. Uh, somebody told me about this. I, I, I believe it to be true. I'm not an expert on stalker and all of the uh, corruption that is in, I think it's FIFA. Uh, mm-hmm. But, they, you know, one vote per country. If you put throw a little bit of money at the people in poor countries, you get all these little countries to vote. And, and that's how the WHO is structured. Mm-hmm. China gets a vote. India gets a vote. One vote. Um, I think Indonesia has, you know, Brazilian people. Um, Brazil, America, you know, nations with enormous population get one vote and pick the tiniest little island country or whatever it might be they all get one vote so Mm -hmm. you know a billion dollars goes a long way when there's only like you know a million people okay right Uh, you know if there's a country that has a million people and you've got a billion dollars you just gave everybody a thousand bucks you're you're buying some influence with the people.
0: Well, or you, you it give go, that it and, doesn't go
4: to the people. It goes, yeah, to, goes uh, to the people. buddies
0: running the programs that are going to cash in and deliver almost nothing.
4: Yeah, and 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 so th- I'm trying to alert the world mm-hmm. that I found documents on their websites that they probably didn't think anybody was going to find. They were hoping that in the middle of the, you know, I know you've got it scheduled that you're going to be live streaming the world health assembly. All <laughs> wasn't you know, planning all, on it. All, no, actually All eight, <laughs> all, you might now, right. All eight day, all seven days, right. You know, when they're getting their credentials checked and everybody's milling around and you know.
0: James, I want to ask you, is there somebody that is organizing a protest locally for,
4: um, yes, I have been in touch with people in Switzerland who are throwing some money at getting this started, uh, you know, somebody asked actually asked me a question. Um, you know, what's what? You know, would a protest actually help? Well, you know, it all depends. If a thousand people show up, then what? People at protests, I think, they forget one of the benefits of protests. And I gave this answer to the gentleman, and it seemed to really uh, have a good impact. Mm-hmm. Um, If you go to a protest, you want to get everybody's name and number so that you can get connected and and expand the the network of people who think like you do. Mm
5: -hmm. And
4: unfortunately, people, you know, they make a sign, they go march, they go to the protest, and then they go home. And, you know, I was at a talk uh, in a park in Pasadena this afternoon, and I came with a clipboard. I was like, hey, if anybody wants to stay in touch with me, here's my number. You can call me if you're worried about giving me your number. I'll give you my number. I'm not worried. If you want to put your name and email, you know, let me know. I'll, I'll get in touch, put you on the list, and you build that that activist network. Yeah. People go to protests, and you know, I would like to think that every trucker knows all the phone numbers of every other trucker, but I don't think that happened. You know, I mean, a lot of kumbaya when you're there, wonderful stuff, but you know, get connected. You know find don't don't try to convince other people that they ought to do something get connected to the people who uh, you know have similar ideas and, and if they if somebody shows up at a protest they're an activist they're not a um, keyboard jockey right I'm a keyboard jockey and by all means you can you can send stuff uh, you know online social media and all that kind of thing so if you know a thousand people show up in Geneva that's a thousand people I mean if you've mm-hmm. ever been in a crowd of a thousand people they could Make some noise. Mm-hmm. If it's a quarter million, like has happened in Europe, and and the trucks show up,
0: you'll
4: still not see it on the, the you know mainstream news. Mm-hmm. But maybe the delegates will be wondering whether or not they should vote for that because there's a whole crowd of people out there that aren't going to be happy that they go to yes that know what they're doing
0: as well i think that's such a big part of we see you we we
4: see you we know what you're doing we see you and we don't like what you're doing don't do it we'll be really happy with you if you don't if you vote no and you and your delegate we'll give you a parade when you come back right Mm you go to the who assembly and you vote no on these crazy amendments because you never asked us You know, who died and left you, King, you know, to to speak for us. If you vote yes, uh, I think you're a traitor. You're you're giving our sovereignty away. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to be branded a traitor when you come back, the choice is yours. If you want to be branded a hero, the choice is yours. And that's 194 countries times three. That's almost 600 people that are delegates. And then there's all these, you know, entourage, many, 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 many. if the people know and they see and they watch, uh, it's it's kind of like there's a big cookie jar in the middle of the assembly and everybody puts their sovereignty in there and mm-hmm. the WHO is going to take the cookie jar. Don't mm-hmm. you dare put my cookie in that cookie jar. You know, we're sovereign. You give our sovereignty away. You're a traitor. Simple. Don't do yeah. it. Okay? And, I,
0: and I, I think you're right. You know, we have to, people have to be aware of this. They have to talk about it. We've got to get it to critical mass to where the normies like the people watching Tucker, Tucker Carlson or whoever it captures their attention or Joe Rogan or somebody like that gets a hold of this and then the world's awake. So like that's where I can't I can't
4: tell you how many people have said to me, oh. You should go on Joe Rogan.
0: Uh, good luck. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I'm like, uh, if you got his number, I'll call him. Yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> He's got yours. <laughs> um, hey, Hey
4: Joe, three one zero six one nine three zero five five. Call me. All right. You know, call me maybe. Um, or even to, like, sure. I
0: think like this is something Dr. Robert Malone would talk about if he knew about it. I, I don't know that he does. So well, he it, does. I know he does. He, does. Okay.
4: I, he absolutely does. And, and, um, I think you, if you uh, tell me, if you're aware, there was a relatively decent sized, uh, defeat the mandates rally yes. in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I went there, a good friend of mine, uh, Craig Jardula from Congo couch, uh, got me a press pass cause he had a VIP pass. Okay. And I'm in the press section helping him get interviews. There was no press there. There was like only two yeah. of my friends that were alternative press. I mean, I didn't expect mainstream media, but there was only a couple of like rebel news was there. Mm-hmm. and pretty much nothing else, right, that, that that I saw. And so the speakers would come off stage or, you know, before they were going on, and, you know, they'd come into the press area, and, people, you know, we had a couple of friends interviewing them. And so, you know, I got to talk to um, Dr. Brian Cole, uh, Dr. Like Merrick, Dr. Urso, uh, uh-huh. Dr. Corey, um, many, many, many other people, and they all know about this. Okay. And you know, I don't know what kind of hypnosis they're suffering from, but they're silent. Now they're doctors and they do doctor stuff and I respect that. They're very guarded with what they talk about for a reason. I I handed this story, this information, this evidence to, and I won't name names because they'll be mad at me. Right. But people that I know that are in the alternative media, I handed it to him on a silver platter three weeks ago.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Okay, I've handed it to various organizations that I'll just say they are respected in the natural world. And they have stonewalled it. And I'm scratching my head going, well, I don't know who's on my side and who isn't. But when people call me up and they say, hey, Jim, this is great. What do I do? I, I, I trust that those people are on my side. Please call me. And we'll do it. The simple starting point is if we're raising awareness. So when this video gets posted, uh, share it with absolutely everybody. Go sit in your easy chair, get a cup of coffee, get a beer, get a glass of wine, glass of water, whatever it is you do. And just go down your, um, contact list on your phone and copy, paste, send, copy, paste, send, copy, paste, send, ABCDEFG. Um, Hey, I watched this video. There's some shit going down. Watch the video. Go to don'tyoudare.info. You can call that guy if you've got any questions. Don't call me. All right. Dump it in my lap. I'll take it. Right? Yeah. Because because I do have the answers. The answers are all on the website. People have questions. When you're done go to the toolbox, get the next video. I mean, do this video first. Okay. Mm. Oh, but no, they can go straight
0: le- to your website. It's fine. I <laughs> no, 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 I, I like my audience. No. I teach them like how I think about things and how I evaluate things to, and the goal, my goal is really to empower them to go out and be leaders in their community to kind of see through some of the propaganda. We cover a lot of propaganda and a lot of the things you, you referenced
4: is- if, if you could go to the toolbox page again, um, yes. where you hit the red button and you get there. Um,
0: I'll find uh, it. Let's
4: just do a, a leisurely stroll, and I'll end up putting this at the top of this page. Okay? So, you know, it's a toolbox. Here's a, a bullet point list of all kinds of things to take action. Scroll down, you got special action, right? Um, a little tiny bit. Uh, you know, if you have the resources, and, you know, really, if you live in Europe, uh, get your butt to Geneva, Right. Don't, don't spend thousands of dollars to fight for the United States, you know, do, do something else with your time and money. Um, but anyways, uh, hopefully there's something going on in Geneva on the 20th, a couple of days before. Okay. Um, and, and keep on scrolling down. There's a lot of goodies here. Okay. Um, that's a, a simple understanding of why we should you know be doing it. That's an image that you can share on Twitter. Get it yep. out there. Right. Keep scrolling down. Uh, you know, all kinds and of things you can do. we got a, a sample e- uh, email slash phone script. Okay. If you want to call your um, wonderful congressperson, don't be mad at your congressman or right. woman or senator. Give him a call and go, hey, did you hear about this? Did you get the memo? Did you know that there's a treasonous plot to uh, give away our sovereignty? And, and that particular graphic right there has gotten some traction. It's the executive summary. It, you know, if you read that short attention span, sh- Tweet that, so put that on
0: bullet, bullet you know, points. social media. Yep. Yeah.
4: Um, pretty much says it all. Uh, you know, that's the uh, press briefing, if press release, if you will. Okay. Okay. Um, keep on going down a bit. Scroll down a whole bunch. There's a whole bunch of videos. Okay. Okay. Whole yep. whole bunch I watched of videos. through some of these. As Whichever. Well. You know, I know which one my favorite is, but, you know, everybody's got different different like and dislike, but all of them can be shared. Uh, that one went away, but we got to back up. Um, okay. You know, it goes and 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 goes. Just take any of these videos and share them with people, and work with the people who are willing. Okay, if if you send it to somebody, and they're like, "Hey, man, you know, I got to work, I got to pay the bills, I just don't have the I just don't have the bandwidth for this. I can't take it. You know, thank you, but I got to I got to do it. My life. You know, respect that. Respect the fact that this has been hidden. And you're the one who gets to ex- share it with somebody. That person may very well come back at you and go, "Man, I'm glad you told me. You told me before I saw it on the news." Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think this thing's going to trend. I think that it's going to be a story in a much bigger way. And if if your audience tells their friends about something you know, a couple of days or whatever in advance of it, hitting the bigger news media items, uh, outlets, uh, you know, you get yourself a little cred because you took action. You spread Mm -hmm. the word before the media, you know, you, you are, you are the media. I mean, if you publish this on your social media page, that's publishing a story. Right. So be the media. Don't rely on the media, be the media and shame the crap out of the media. Right. Um, If anybody knows Joe Rogan, tell him to call me. If anybody knows Dr. Carlson, tell him to call me. Um, But more to the point, share the information with them. And so.
0: So it becomes undeniable. So they can't ignore it any longer.
4: Interestingly enough, if you could go back to that page, um, Mm -hmm. this one, this one really, I dug this one out of the basement of the. Code of Federal Regulations, go all the way down to the bottom on this page. Okay. Way the hell! Oh, oh, stop! 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 Right there? Go back up. You can, um, Jane. Uh, Jane, I got to thank you for doing this. This is a template. You can make your own graphic.
0: Okay.
4: Um, th- the white part in there is transparent, mm-hmm. and you can uh, download that image. Get an image of yourself. You see my ugly mug. Um, when you lay the green and blue thing over the um, image, it's transparent. You can write whatever it is you want to say. And you can post your own damn graphic. Okay. Okay. But scroll all the way down to the bottom. And now is where I get uh, all the way. Go go way the hell down to the bottom. Way, 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 There's way, issues. way, way. Way down. It's long. Just, just go as far down as you can go. Okay. Oh, you, you hit it. Those white rectangles. That was the spot.
0: Oh, um, okay. I'll find them.
4: A little, little bit up. A little bit up. If you hit the uh, third right white rectangle, third one down. There you go. Um, bet you never heard of this.
0: Miss prison. No, Uh -uh.
4: Miss prison of treason. Um, your audience is going to be mad at me for this because they are all now obligated by law. (laughs) If you believe that this is a treasonous plot, you're obligated by law to alert the authorities. I shit you not. Okay. It's a real thing. Think about it. You get wind of treason and you keep it a secret. Well, you're kind of then part of the problem. And so all you listeners, I'm sorry, but you've now, you're obligated to not keep this quiet.
0: So give, so them, yeah, give them the option to deny it. I mean, at least right. they won't have plausible deniability because we've told them about it.
4: And, and, and so if you call your congressperson and you go, hey, would you I like to get some votes this time around? If you stand up for our sovereignty, and you just have a press conference and get credit for breaking this story, uh, we'll, we'll look very highly upon you. Um, or would you like us to have your opponent do this? All right. So anybody out there who knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who's running for office, uh, you might want to speak up about this. And if, this you into tell, a campaign and if issue. you tell them, they're yeah. obligated to speak up about it. Okay. okay. So absolve yourself of your obligation, rip off an email to uh, president Biden, hopefully a million people let him know that the members of his mission to Geneva are maybe trying to commit treason and he might want to call him back and have a little talk with him.
0: Oh, and I think he's involved, yeah. but
4: <laughs> well, you know, you, you do your duty. You yeah. tell him if he knows and it happens, I'm not saying anybody should be impeached, but, See what happens in November. Yeah. if if the president knows about an act of treason and allows it to be committed, I think that's a high crime and a misdemeanor. Maybe is, a little but... more. Right? And and so if if the people alert the people and if the people alert their they're not our leaders, get get rid of that.
0: They're not.
4: If you alert your public servants that you you suspect there might be a plot brewing to give away not just our sovereignty, but all the countries in the world. Do your, do your civic duty, do your patriotic duty, stand up for your country, spread the word. Um, Don't let this be hidden anymore and watch closely to see what our public servants that we've put into office and pay a lot of money to watch them very closely to see what they do and what they don't do. And That's what, you know, democracy, we we don't live in a democracy. We live in a Republic. We have representatives who are supposed to speak, you know, for their constituents on a geographic and numerical basis. And so if you don't tell them your opinion, then all the lobbyists will. And so the lobbyists have money, but we have numbers. You know, I
0: still think they're going to do their thing, but at the same time, they need to be cons- that they should be worried, like that this thing's going to come back to them and there will be consequences. Right. And, and
4: you got to think about the reality of it. Okay, if you call up your congressperson's office, you're going to be talking to a fellow citizen that lives in your neighborhood area, mm-hmm. right? You're not. If you get the congressman, I'll you know pass out because that's not going to happen. Right. You're going to get a staff member, or even better, you call them after hours and you drop a voicemail. In their voicemail system and then somebody and unless they just hit delete 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 somebody's going to pick up that voicemail and have to transcribe it and when they get message after message after message after message of the same damn thing you know hey there's a treason as a citizen that staff member is going to be like i got to check this out because you know maybe i need to get the senator's attention to this
5: mm-hmm.
4: and if the senator bought off or doesn't care or has a different mindset that's not who you're talking to you're talking to your fellow citizen who's working in that congressional office realize realize what the audience is we are the leaders of this country our public servants do what we tell them to do and everybody has it backwards oh please would you do something for us kind senator well you know it's our fault and we got to change that
0: okay James, I appreciate you uh, sharing this message and coming on with us to walk through all this with us. I hope that uh, people do take action, talk about this. I think the most valuable thing we can do is have this sort of be vetted further and get critical mass and breakthrough to the mainstream because in my mind, that's going to be the thing that stops it and whatever ways we need to go about to, to bring that about peacefully, that's what we should do. So...
4: One last thing, if mm-hmm. we're if we're wrapping it up, um, this is a call to anyone who has even modest uh, technological skills. Okay? okay, please copy everything I have. Steal it. Okay, there's a, a book a long time ago. You know, steal this book. Okay, um, I, I, I I hope that my Substack articles. Stay in perpetuity because mm-hmm. it's evidence of a crime. And Substack, if you're listening, if you remove criminal evidence from the, I, I'm, I'm serious, mm-hmm. if you remove criminal evidence from a, a published website, that in and of itself is a crime. So don't you dare touch my information. It's factual. Uh, check it all you want. It's from government websites. Mm-hmm. So I I trust that Substack will treat me kindly and fairly and lovely and wonderful. But um, if they remove any of it, that's a crime. They're removing evidence of a, you know, potential crime being committed. Mm -hmm. But uh, in, in lieu of that, uh, please, everybody copy all the videos, put them on your channel, make a
0: backup, Um, scrape it,
4: monetize, monetize the crap out of them. I don't care. Right. I'm not, I'm not doing that, but you know, there's all these videos, all all these things. Um, Take my article, and cut and paste it and put it in a PDF and put it on your blog and, and do whatever the hell you want with it. Um, because if it goes away, then you have it in use for the work. Right. So I'm, I'm asking everybody, please copy everything, uh, do, do with it as you wish. And, um, just don't keep it a secret because that's a crime.
0: Okay. All right. Appreciate it. So it sir. It's Thank a pleasure. You. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful evening and, uh, Yeah. I guess we'll leave it there. Thank you, James.
4: Have a good night. Bye. -bye.
0: Okay. So, uh, hold on, let me end this meeting here. All right. We're going to keep going with what we talked about. I think, you know, what James has, has gone through here is important. I think this is the direction that they're trying to push things. And this is a major step sort of, starting to subvert sovereignty, like he was talking about, on whatever limited means, whatever, it's the camel uh, camel's nose under the tent. They're trying to get their foot in the door so that they can expand out, use whatever new powers they've gained to then further expand out in the next round. And even with uh, Matthias Desmond's uh, mass formation, which we haven't touched on in a while, they talk about. You know, put the screws to them and then they give them a little reprieve and then they come back and put the screws to them again. And they do that to make people think, oh, okay, see, it's going back to normal and everything's going to be fine. Well, this is that give them a reprieve period where they're canceling the mandates. What happens when their next virus comes out? Of course, that's one of the things that we're talking about here is what's happening to the vaccinated. And that's starting to come out. So, Right before James uh, jumped on with us, we were covering this right here, this fibrin forming in the blood, which is the same thing that when they actually looked at the organs, oh no, it's back here, of this uh, gorilla that died in this Texas zoo, that's what they found was that like this thing had just gone through the whole system and made this, uh, this primate sick and now they're seeing this daily little pieces of fibrin floating around in the blood of the vaccinated. And I think it's also happening to some degree in people who have had COVID because, again, it's the same pathology here. Of course, what are we seeing in Israel? This is Rand. He's one of the activists over there that looks at the state data. Increase emergency cardiovascular events under 40 population in Israel. Shouldn't be seeing a huge increase in that age group right? In Israel, during the vaccine rollout and the third COVID-19 wave, and these are scientific reports, he's saying, increase of over 25% was detected in both the call types during January to May of 2021, people calling for heart attacks, compared with 2019 to 2020. And oh, there's some of the data. And again, when we look at this, when we looked at the other data, the age groups correlate with the vaccine rollouts, right? Like when they approved a new age, you get this bump in adverse events in the in the specific age group. And that's what he's kind of pointing out right here and going through some of those numbers. Now they're not really wanting to cooperate here. He's saying, uh, let me see where it was. Unfortunately, Israel health, Authorities haven't published any reliable data that includes all cause mortality and all cause hospitalization. So you can compare vax versus unvaxxed. what is this doing? They don't want to give that information up. Certainly uh, based on the RCTs, the mRNA vaccines had no effect on overall mortality despite protecting against uh, fatal COVID-19. On the other hand, the adren- adenovirus vector vaccines were associated with lower overall mortality. Um, but there's a problem with that data. Let me see. I think we'd have to go through this thread. I I believe is what it was. So according to their data, mRNA vaccines don't do anything to all cause mortality. When examining the J and J vaccine group in detail, it looks fishy. 21,888 people overall, uh, in the J and J group versus the placebo group died from COVID Zero versus in the J and J group, five in the placebo group, died for other reasons, three in the J and J group, eleven in the placebo group. He says it seems biased. This is not according to our data. It's according to the RCT data from the manufacturers. How can RCT data be biased? Oh wait, now we're getting off into a conversation. Sorry. There was something to that. I'm not remembering. Apologies. My apologies. Um But again, what I'm seeing is not only are we is the data starting to come out showing, you know, there's more calls for ambulances, there's uh, more people. Remember, last week we referred we pointed out the referrals to the heart failure clinic were way up. But this week I've also seen just post after post after post from people like Shaney here. He's saying April twenty twenty and never ever imagined i'd still be in still be ill 2 years later Naive, he's got covid naively i believed i'd recover or be treated neither transpired perhaps a result of too much faith in my own body medicine or both he's i think at least double vaccinated experiencing long covid i tweeted him and said look this is what made you sick and it's a shot it's a tweet from it's retweeting a tweet of him saying that he got the vaccine because these people don't realize they're in that Mind control uh, delusion that these things worked and that they're safe and effective, but the reality is this: this is uh, CM Boiling on Twitter. I support everybody's right to do what they believe is best, but just know that if you get vaccinated and have a serious adverse reactions, your cries for help will be met with disbelief and gaslighting. None of us deserved this, but here we are, and I think that's very true. You know, there's so many people who got fooled by the propaganda. They got taken in. They've been injured. Pfizer hired, I think it was 3,600 people to handle reports of adverse events. VAERS had 50. And you don't think that signaled a problem to them that maybe something was wrong with their little product there? And so instead, they're just writing these people off as crazy or, oh, it's stress, and they're not they're not helping them they're not acknowledging what's happening to them they're not working on treatments for them and here's an 8-year-old girl that died 14 days after the after Pfizer onset of symptoms 16 days post vax so she started having problems 2 days after the shot is dead 8-year-old girl cardiac arrest after vomiting blood 8 years old Heart rate of 197 beats per minute. And the, I mean, that's just one of dozens. Okay, so um, yeah. there's a lot of people getting sick from this thing and its I think it's starting to set in. The Israel data that we just looked at is sort of a canary in the coal mine because they're such a <clears throat> a good group to study. They vaccinated early, all with one product and high participation rate, and, it, and they're hiding data. They don't want us to know what's going on, but the vaccinated are getting sick. We showed you last time, six times more likely. I think that was compared. I had made a mistake in that presentation. It was, I think, Israel being compared to the U.K., to show what to come up with that 6x uh, vaccinated or more likely to be infected number. So this is happening. It's spreading. And with this stuff, this fibrin growing in in the bloodstream of the people, and like this is a natural way the body is dealing with these spikes floating around dealing with these transfected cells that are pumping out this mRNA. It's converting it into this, and that is circulating around in their blood, and it seems to be a continual process. So it's going to get worse before it gets better, is I guess the nicest way that I can put that. Okay, so we talked about early on, open the show with that video showing you guys uh, this conversation, No, I think there's
1: a bigger problem that when we focus on the personalities of people like Elon Musk and people say, oh, I think Elon's th-
0: And now they're all all of a sudden convert concerned about free speech and so forth. Well, the ACLU is also coming out. Human rights groups, including the ACLU and Amnesty International raise concerns about hate speech on Twitter and the power that Elon Musk, a self-described free speech absolutist would have after his acquisition. They are all coming out against him, trying to shut him down. And again, it's a double-edged sword. I don't know what he's going to do with this power, but uh, hopefully he's a benevolent dictator and just kind of leaves us alone to go about our thing and hash things out like adults and uh, does the minimal required by law to censor. I think that is his plan, and that's why the lawyer that went on Rogan is in tears reportedly because she's going to be out of a job because she's one of the primary people behind the censorship that's happening on Twitter right now. But I I see a panic and I see this being a real um, blow to the globalist agenda. What, what James was talking about and this power grab because Twitter and the censorship and having all of sort of the social media be this or at least a very popular social media be this um aligned front this this brick wall of thou shall not i think that's a powerful thing uh that they don't want to give up okay uh let me see that was all stuff we opened with james okay good deal uh just one quick note i posted this what is this wrong answers only And for those of you looking, it's kind of like a little washing machine with like four rectangular racks inside. And there's this green pump thing beside it. This is a freeze dryer that my mom bought for the farm. And the logic here, this goes back to the whole prepping thing. And, you know, we're heading into food shortages and so forth. These aren't cheap. I I don't know what she paid for, but I think someone said they're about six grand. Um, What you can do with this, you can freeze dry meats, you can freeze dry vegetables, um, whatever you have, and it will, you know, it goes through these freeze-thaw cycles in a vacuum, so it's pulling the moisture out. And you can then, uh, you have a, what's left on the other side is something that retains, I think it's like 96 or 98% of its nutritional value, and it gives it a 25-year shelf life. So I've talked about how we're going into this period of time where things are going to be unreliable unavailable right or they come in in bulk because the cargo ship finally showed up and now we've got a whole bunch of this or you know you have this opportunity because uh something happened with these animals that sort of thing the more you have the ability to sort of intake and store and use later the better off you're going to be You can do some of the stuff by dehydrating, but you lose more of the nutrition and it doesn't have as much of a shelf life. That's the real advantage to having a freeze dryer. And I just wanted to kind of share that with you guys. So, you know, if you're planning large gardens, um, this would let you take, bring the harvest in, throw it in here, freeze dry it, bag it in a vacuum bag. And then you've got a 25, you know, you've got, that, that food, those, those calories, that nutrient for 25 years. So that's an important and I think um, valuable, so it's, a, it's a really good way, one of the best ways, I think, to turn a surplus into long-term uh, reserves. And I think that's an important thing to consider, especially those of you that are doing larger gardens and so forth. There's only so much you can eat and it's all going to be ripe at the same time. What do you do with it? Well, there's one good answer, okay? Okay, that was it. Um, They're finding it in the gut. Uh, If you guys have questions or so forth. Oh, let me refresh this real quick. Bear with me. Where is it? There's a reload. There it is. Hopefully that will come up. Oh, no. That's why. There we go. Okay. Someone's asking, they're finding it in the gut bacteria. I I saw something from Dr. Fenn where they said, she said that they are finding the spike in the bacteria. I'm not clear if she was saying that it's being replicated by the bacteria or just picked up by, and that's why they're finding it in stool samples or something. I'm not clear on that, but yeah, it's, it's showing up everywhere. The, the spike and so forth. Would it, Sam? It would be helpful if you could post pertinent info on your Twitter so we can copy and paste without the noise from James's site. Well, I mean, to each their own. Um, I'm doing this to make you guys aware of it so that you can go on. He set it up really nice, to where it's easy to pull little images off that you can repost to social media. If you don't want to do that, that's up to you. Take one of the other options call some people, tell them what's happening. I think he's done a good job of really condensing it. Is there any enforcement in this WHO nonsense? Well, so that's what he talks about. And we didn't really get into that, but um, there's like a six month period that the, um, the nations are supposed to, I think, go through and make changes to their laws. If they don't do that, what happens? I don't know. But again, I think the important thing to realize here is there are massive power grabs going on at the local level, at the national, state level, at the national level, most places around most places, right? Not so much Florida and Texas, but even there, Florida has it in their law that they can force vaccinate you. Um, and call, making people aware of this agenda, I think, is very important. So, there you go. Uh, let me see, twilight speech, Sam, there's a theory out there that the lockdown in China is part of them not getting the inflation higher and to force increase. I don't know about that. I mean, I, it's going to, I think it's going to trigger more inflation, but because it triggers more breakdown and more panic to own, to buy things. And then at the same time, oh yeah, one more thing here. Let me show you this uh right here
3: we have some cross collateralized debt that could affect both parties we also have a Mm -hmm. lot of debt on there that's not what it seems Mm -hmm. and the market has started to realize that at least in terms of the valuation of an etf Mm -hmm. but the broader public has no damn clue that -hmm. a lot of what's being included in these really high quality mortgage-backed securities is not high quality and it's and it's a replay of what we saw in 2007-2008 so only now question. it's
0: big. They're talking about the housing market. If you hadn't figured that out yet, it's about to collapse. I think we're at peak housing or if we haven't passed it already.
3: Bigger, but it's bigger. Yeah, it's blown up. Of course, kick the can down the road. Everything's bigger. Mm-hmm. As far as mortgage-based securities go, what does this mean to the average person? What What's the You're risk? You're fucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay.
2: Doesn't matter what. If you have a mortgage, if you don't have a mortgage, we mm-hmm. remember 2008, only now it's bigger. Yep. Now, technically, it doesn't have to be bigger because if we have, I have no idea how big the derivatives market is. If you've seen the big short, uh, CDOs, synthetic CDOs, let's hope to God that entire market has shrunk since then. But the big short also ends with a so-called bespoke tranche opportunity, which is just another name for a CDO. And that was 2015, right? I have no faith that they've fixed anything,
0: Uh -uh. considering that
2: it's so easy for me to find out that they haven't fixed anything. It's already happened. I'm not even making a prediction. You can see the line on the freaking chart go down. Look at this. This Uh is 2007. This is Lehman Brothers. We are here. And it's not just that we're here, this is a speedy decline.
0: Gold and that put that video out. Um, I thought that was excellent, and yet what they're failing to realize is that oh, hold on, sorry about that. Wrong button. I want that one right there, and then that one. There we go. Um, What they're failing to, I think, acknowledge is what's going to happen to the vaccine injured, right? Because we're going through this, I think, die off period where, you know, it's been happening for a while. It's been obvious to the people that are paying attention. I think it's going to break into the mainstream. I think, you know, some portion, 10, 20, 40, 60% of the people who were vaccinated. And the more you get, the worse off it's likely to be without any treatment, they're likely to die. And that's a lot of people that don't need houses, they don't need cars, they don't need clothes, they're not working their old jobs, which may or may not be able to survive without them. They're not uh, consuming and you know driving growth in the economy and so forth. So on top of all the fraud that they were just pointing out, we're gonna have this massive reduction in demand during these massive supply chain i mean it's just this perfect storm that i've been describing that's this is to the lifeboats the essence of what it's all about this whole system is unsustainable they've been kicking the can down the road for decades now and at some point they're not going to be able to do that any longer the currency is going to hyperinflate, and all of these chickens are going to come home to roost at the same time and uh that's the period I think that we're heading into. And that was a, I think a pretty eye um, warning sign or red flag for me anyway. So if you have a house and you're not where you want to be, you might want to consider selling it. Now, if you're going to ride the storm out where you're at and that's your safe location, I wouldn't advise that. But at the same time, uh, start making final preparations and i think if you're buying something and it's not like what you need to ride out the storm to survive kind of thing you're probably going to be overpaying a lot for it versus what you could get next year so and again gold gold silver crypto cash are the three things that you want to have the three things that you will need to have the flexibility as we go through this sort of transition period that you want to keep on hand. So there you go. All right. I think that's about it here. I'm going to there's one new message down here. I don't know if that's a question. The oil refinery I work at will stop production at the end of 2023. Yeah. Well, and now is that part of a sort of reduction in Oh, that's a refinery wow are they mothballing it because it's old or and they're like uh, have built that capacity elsewhere or is it a reduction in capacity would be my question for you Uh, good news from the White House correspondent dinner Biden said in the 2000 in the room were vaxxed and boosted that's a good start (laughs) so if you don't know what that is that's the uh, meeting where the president goes and gets roasted by the press supposedly. But anyway, all right, guys, that's in Houston. Interesting. That refinery that's shutting down. Interesting. It could be also regulations that are forcing them out because there's that aspect to it. Uh, yeah. It's old and they tried to sell. Okay. So yeah, I mean that maybe that's something, maybe not. I, I would think with oil prices going up, they would want to try and keep it running as long as they can, but eventually you gotta, these things aren't the safest places in the first place. As it starts getting old, you got to decommission it. Um, yeah. So there you go. All right, folks, that's it. Uh, I'm going to try and hook up with Charles later and see if I can sit down with him and sort of timeline out this whole, uh, narrative of like what he knows and what kind of unfolded behind the scenes with the Fauci gang and so forth. And, um, I'll definitely be back, I think, next Sunday with a show. Not sure what what I'll do in the meantime, but there you go. Thanks, everybody, for watching. I'll catch you all next broadcast. Have a great one.